Thanks so much, Susan. Um, yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, we're going to be just sharing with you a little bit um, today yeah, for, the, for the message. Um, it's awesome. We've got the youth, youth are with us as well. The Sunday youth program's not on today, so they're just going to be with us in the service. So it's so good to have you guys here as, as well. And um, yeah, it's awesome. It's so great. Um, and I'm a little bit wobbly today, a little bit tired. I did a really big um, race. Uh, running race last night over at, at Biwa, um, actually with my, my brother-in-law, Steve. Um, we, yeah, did a, a, a night marathon. Um, and I'll, um, <laughs> I think I've got, I've got a couple of photos. I've got one, um, if the photos are up there, there's one that's us at the start, um, when we're feeling pretty, pretty good. I've got one at the end as well afterwards, which were pretty wrecked. <laughs> but... Sitting in a chair has never been the most pleasurable experience ever. That chair, I love that chair so much. Um, so, um, yeah, so that, that was last night. And, um, but I've actually I put my running clothes back on today. Um, I don't normally wear this, this sort of stuff um, to, to, to church. Um, but I put my clothes back on because I, I figured I'm actually still running today and actually in a, a more important race that is still going. And actually... You are too, if you are here and, and you're a follower of Jesus. We're actually all in a, in a race that is it's much more important than what we did last night and much more longer. Like we did a long distance run, but if, if you're following Jesus, you are in a, a long distance endurance trek, which is far, far longer than a marathon. And um, if... if um, some, so some of you are, are here and you're in different, different stages. Maybe you are here and actually... Uh, you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet, and that's totally fine, and it's, and it's awesome that, that you're here, but our, our hope is really that you would decide to start this race and, and follow him. Maybe some of you are here and you actually only started it not long ago, so you're kind of still pretty fresh. Maybe you have lots of energy and, and are excited, and, and you're just running, and, 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 and you're in the early stages of faith, and that's so so good. Um, that's kind of how we started at the start last night, was just feeling pretty good and, and, and enjoying things, but then sort of went on uh, for a little while and started to get pretty hard. And, and maybe you've been following Jesus for, for a while, and there's been some ups and, and some downs, and there's been some pain, and there's been some suffering, and actually it's gotten tough. Um, and you might be sort of somewhere along that, that path where it's, it's worn you down a little bit. And there's other people that have been running this race following Jesus here today who've been doing it for, for decades, have been running for decades, and, and maybe you're tired and, and, and suffering and, and weary, and, but you're still running. There's so many of you. And, and actually, maybe approaching the finish, and that's an epic journey that, that we're called to be a part of. And the writers of Scripture actually, yeah, talk about and use this metaphor in, in lots of different ways, particularly Paul, but, but other people as well. Um, this is how Paul kind of envisioned his ministry and his life like a runner. He said this, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So Paul has this, this posture, right? Like he's, he's a runner, he's, he's focused, and he just wants to finish the, the race. And his race is to be faithful to Jesus and the assignment that Jesus has given him. And, and that's really how he sees it. And if you know Paul's story, he had to have a lot of perseverance and he had to have a lot of resolve to keep doing that. But more and more, he just says, this is all that matters, is finishing this race with Jesus. And then in 2 Timothy 4, 7, um, he gets to the end and he is in prison, suffering, but he writes, I have fought the good fight, 
I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And at other times he talks about like running to win, but, but ultimately the thing that matters in this race of following Jesus is just that you keep going. It's just that you finish. It's just that you get to the end. And many people have. Many, many have gone before us in Scripture, in history, who have run faithfully with Jesus to the end through much sorrow and hardship and pain. And the writer to the Hebrews um, mentions this in Hebrews 12. He says, to remember them, he says, since we're surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, the witnesses are like people throughout history who have followed Jesus through suffering and pain. We're to think about them and then in light of that, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of the faith. And really, when you're, when you're running, you have to do what this author says, right? Like you have to get rid of unnecessary baggage, which is what we did last night. We had a, a race pack, which is really light. Wait, we had lots of stuff that we brought with us, but then when we started the run, we left most of it behind. You carry the bare essentials, things that you need for hydration and for safety, and that's literally it. You have to throw off things. And so too, when we're following Jesus, we need to throw off things that are in the way and only carry things that will actually help us. Uh, the writer says that this race will require perseverance, will require endurance. It will get hard. We will get tired. We will face obstacles, but what matters is keeping going. But to do that, we have to take certain things into our lives. We, we need help. We need encouragement. When you're running, you need fuel. You need energy. You need support. And so too do we. And ultimately, the only way to finish this race is like this writer says in verse 2, is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. When we were running last night, the, 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 mar the course is marked out with just um, uh, little reflective tags that are orange, that are on trees every 200 metres or so. So we didn't have to really think about where we're going. We just need to keep looking for the next marker. And I was thinking, this is just what it's like following Jesus. Often we don't know what's next, but we just need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Where is he? What is he doing? What's he saying is the next thing? That's how we finish this race. So that is actually just my introduction today, um, and it's an introduction to uh, a whole series that we're going to look at this year called The Transformation Trek. And the whole sort of metaphor that we're, we're doing is that following Jesus is like embracing on a long-distance endurance marathon trek that's going to go for, for decades, a whole life. So what's required is, is to actually think through, well, how do we follow Jesus faithfully? And actually, the, the journey that we're on is a journey of transformation to become like him and to reflect him in our lives, even through pain and difficulty and discouragement. And what we're going to do, what, what, what the, the kind of the focus of the series is actually looking more at practical aspects of following Jesus. And, and what are some actual practices or some people call them spiritual disciplines that we actually put into our lives? Because we actually have to, to do things uh, regularly to help us to grow and be transformed. So, um, and they really fit into what that verse just said. Some spiritual disciplines and practices are about casting off things that are unnecessary. 
They're about letting go of things, um, laying aside weight. These are really called the disciplines of abstinence. Um, uh, we're going to look at some of them in, during Lent and sort of fasting and letting go of things. And forgiveness is one about, about letting go of, of, of um, bitterness and, and um, unforgiveness. And, and those things that can weigh us down. So some of the things we'll look at this year include that. Some are more disciplines um, where they're about taking something in and doing something that will strengthen you to persevere and to keep going. Things like prayer and, and scripture are things that we need to feed ourselves with and community um, that, that we will be able to persevere and endure. So some disciplines are more disciplines of engagement. They're not letting go, but actually picking up and putting things into our lives to help us be strengthened and not discouraged. But ultimately, everything we look at in this series and the, the practices that we're going to do and all spiritual disciplines, the point of them is to seek and focus and fix our eyes on Jesus. So that's kind of uh, where we're going. The, the, the way that it will kind of work is that it will be about, um, on average, about once a month we're going to do this. It won't be literally like every four weeks, but we're going to have a transformation track message. Uh, we'll have some guests come as well and, and share them. Um, and then the focus can really be that the practice or the focus for that month could be something that you in your life um, focus attention on. How do I do this spiritual practice to, to be able to endure this transformation trek and, and grow with Jesus? It could be something as well that you might like to do with your, with your home group or with your family. There'll be some resources. You saw some handouts you got, which we'll have a look at later as well. And yeah, the, the youth are going to come and, and be with us in the service. Sunday youth program won't, won't be on during this transformation trek. We'll be together for that as well, which is, which is really awesome. So that's kind of just an introduction to the series. Um, but for today, we're going to start with um, the first practice, um, which is called cultivating community, uh, which is what we're going to look at today. And really, the idea of, of this uh, first one that we're going to look at is the idea that this race that we're on, this endurance trek, is actually not one that you can do alone. You need to do it. You must follow Jesus if you're going to go the distance in community. You need others. Runners uh, love to meet with other runners and run together and in, encourage each other. And when you go to a running event, often you'll hear lots of encouragement. People just saying things like, good job, keep going, awesome work. And you might think like, oh, that doesn't really mean much. But when you're running and when you're tired, the smallest bit of encouragement can do something deep inside you, actually, and actually strengthen you to know that other people are with you and, and helping when we were running last night, about every sort of 5K or so, there'd be a, there'd be a checkpoint because um, we're in the dark. There's just no one around. It's kind of just really tough. But then you'd see a light in the distance and you'd come together and there'd be people there and they would just give you food. They'd give you a chair. They'd give you water. They'd say, what do you need? And then I'd say, good job. Keep going. Keep it up. And I was thinking, really, in a lot of ways, that's what this is. When we come together on, on Sunday, right? Like we've been running with Jesus all week. This is a checkpoint. We're all together here. There's other people who are following Jesus. Just look around the room and see that there's lots of believers. Maybe this week when you're at work or when you're at home, maybe you're not with other believers. When you come here, we're, we're together. And the idea is that we encourage each other. At one point in the run last night, um, it was sort of uh, towards like the 18K mark and, and it was sort of getting almost to sort of halfway. Um, and the way that it works, it was sort of two loops out and back. And, but then people were also doing a half marathon, so they were running the opposite way. So they were kind of crossing us. And I came to this part where um, it was just starting to get a bit hard. I was by myself. Um, but I came over this hill 
And there was just this amazing stream of the half marathon runners running the opposite direction. I could see this huge stream of people. And as they started passing me, I would be saying to them, like, good job. But they would be encouraging me. And it was just like, good job, keep going, good job. It was just like everyone's just encouraging. And it made me emotional because it was just like this, this bomb of encouragement. And I ended up running up this hill that I shouldn't have run up because they just, like, strengthened me. Like, you just, it felt like if you're in the army and someone sends in reinforcements, it just would be like, yes, there's other people here. There's other people doing this with us. And that's what it should be like when we come to church, right? Yes, we're all together. We're following Jesus. Like, let's encourage each other. We're, we're probably weary from the week. Maybe it's been really tough, but we need each other to build each other up. Um, so we need others, we need community, because we, we, and everything's easier in community. And, and you might know this in other contexts, not just, just running, you might know this even, even in school, like when you're doing exams or, or something like that, like just being able to have other people to do it with you and, and support you, and you're in it together, it makes such a difference. Maybe in a, your workplace, in a project, or, or your family. So we so need support and strength from others. And the writer to the Hebrews, as, as we read before mentions this as well in, in Hebrews 10. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is really a picture of what Christian community is supposed to be, that we regularly gather, and the point is that we all come to encourage each other and strengthen each other to be able to continue loving God and loving others for another week. And um, because the truth is, if you're trying to do this alone, if you're just running alone, it's so easy to get discouraged. And everyone at some point in this journey, it's so long. We're we're called to follow Jesus, not for a year or two, not for a few months, but for decades, for our whole life, no matter what happens, whatever suffering comes. As we sung before, we want to be singing at the end of the the day. And if we're just trying to do that by ourselves, we will get discouraged. So we need encouragement. And you might be here today, and you you really need encouragement. That's my prayer, that, that you'll receive it through this through the service, but maybe even just from somebody saying, hey, like God is with you. Just keep going. It's all you've got to do is hold on and keep going. We also need um, community, not just because we need to receive encouragement, though, but we actually have a responsibility to, to give encouragement. Uh, uh, the following Jesus is about love, uh, primarily, and you cannot love without other people. Um, so the idea that we could follow Jesus in isolation, just me and him, we can love him. But actually, what our love for him is to look like is often love for others. And, and others who are following Jesus are s- struggling and, and need our gifts and need our encouragement. And that's not just people who are in ministry or pastoring. That is every believer, no matter what stage in your faith. And even doing things that simply coming and worshipping and, and blessing someone can be so encouraging for them. The message version of that um, verse, the, the little line um, about considering how to love, uh, translates, let us see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. The idea of let's like imagine how could we encourage each other even more? How could, how could I, when I come to church, support and strengthen and bless others to help them? Because we have um, a responsibility to do that. 
So that's kind of why we need community, kind of the big, big picture. We're on this massive journey. We need encouragement. Part of the journey is actually to be like Jesus and to love and to give encouragement. Other people need us. But the idea of, of this, again, is that we're trying to get more practical and think, well, what, is this, what does this look like? How could we do this? So what I want to do next is just think through like what I've kind of called a couple of postures that we could shift. Because I guess... Um, community is a big thing. Um, again, it's something that we need that can be, can be really good sometimes. You might have had great experiences of community, of family, of church, of work, of friends. You may have probably have had really hard experiences as well. And, and often, every community is a mix of the both. But it can affect our attitude and our posture. So I would encourage um, one thing that we can do is just address that and shift, if we are in this place, shift from having a casual posture toward community, particularly Christian community, to a committed approach. Um, being casual in, in some ways is not bad. Um, Aussies are pretty casual as, as a culture, and in some ways us as a, as a church, like we're kind of a, a casual, not a very formal church, like we like to be laid back and, and relaxed. But, but being casual can also, when it comes to community and our commitment to it, can have massive effects. Because in our, in our world now, we can kind of have the sense that we have community. If you, have, um, if, you, if you are online, if you have social media, if you can contact people through, through messaging, sometimes it can just feel like, oh, there's all this community. There's all these people. I can see what's happening in their lives. And, but it can be a false sense of being committed, a false sense of being connected. And, and um, so... Uh, we can sometimes then just become casual and just think like, oh, yeah, I'll go to this event if I feel like it or I'll come to church today, I'll just see, see how things are going or I didn't really like this, so I'm just going to leave and, and go somewhere else. And can just have this sort of casual approach to thinking, well, I don't, it, it, I'll just see what suits me and see, see what's good. And if this person upsets me, I'm not going to talk to them. And, like, and, and just have a casual approach to community. Um, and you might have had relationships like that before where maybe you, maybe you had a good relationship. Um, like we were talking about that, Tam and I, this week, and she, she had a friend, grew up together, went to school together, a really close relationship, but then went to different high schools. And we're just like, nothing wrong happened, but we're just kind of casual in there. Connection didn't really, weren't really intentional to keep their relationship going, so kind of just drifted apart. Um, and sometimes like that, like you're forced to be together, or there's structures that hold you together, which is good, but, but sometimes you actually need commitment to continue to grow community. So one simple thing to do is to simply find and, and recognize the group or the groups of people that God has called you to be a part of and simply commit to showing up for them. Simply commit to being there. Um, that might look like just regularly coming to church. Uh, which may not seem like a significant thing, but it is, especially to be doing it over decades. And, and again, many people here have done that, just faithfully ran this race together over a long time and then have formed deep, deep connections. And that's not necessarily that you have to do that here. Just wherever you go to church, like if you're a part of a church, the best thing to do is just to commit to it, to decide to be a part of it. Uh, not to be just sort of in between or just casual about it. That could look the same, um, yeah, for a small group or, or a group of friends or even even a community maybe in your workplace that you're called to be a part of, just to have an attitude and a, a posture of being committed to it. Because again, we need encouragement. 
Um, and when we're discouraged and everything's tough, probably the last thing sometimes we want to do is connect with community. If we're ashamed, if we're struggling, we may not want to see other, see other people. But that's probably the time when we need it the most. So building it into our lives as a, as a structure, then when we're struggling, we just got to keep going. You just got to keep attending, keep showing up for each other so you can be strengthened and strengthen others. Another posture shift is to shift from um, the posture of a consumer to a cultivator. Again, sort of in our, in our world, um, we're pretty used to being referred to as consumers. Uh, we go to the shops, we buy things, we purchase things online, um, and we can easily bring that posture to community and just think that it's a product that is for us to consume or it's something that should just be handed to us on a platter, um, whether that's in our family or friends or, or in our church. Um, it's kind of like... Uh, when you go to a restaurant, um, when you go to a restaurant, right, it's all about you just getting what you want from the menu and you have to pay for it, but then you receive it and then you, it's about you being satisfied and, and you being served and you can literally consume the food. And, and um, sometimes we might be able to think about communi community like that, that someone just needs to dish us up good relationships and good community so we can just consume it when we feel like it, so we feel satisfied. But actually... What we're invited to is to shift from being a consumer to being a cultivator of community. So instead of going to, we're not going to a restaurant, we're actually all in a field together growing food. Uh, we need to get our hands dirty. We need to, to work to actually build um, and grow community together. We're called to actually all cultivate. This actually transformed my approach to community, to, to church, um, to, to other small groups or community groups, like uh, I used to be much more shy and, and, and introverted and, and um, just afraid of people and, and often not connected to people um, or just sort of frustrated at the communities that I was a part of and not, not feeling like I belong or just, not, just, just ending up quite isolated. Um, but then went through this shift of realizing, actually, I don't just have to have this posture of someone's got to give me a community. I can actually be a, a cultivator of community. I can actually contribute. I can actually help build and grow the communities that I want to be a part of. And it actually just totally shifted my posture to being engaged and to recognizing, yeah, there's all these problems, but actually I can do something about them. I can help them. I can commit and actually then find a great sense of belonging and, and sense of community in that. So we can really shift our posture with that. So it'd be pretty amazing to think, though, like, like what if when we gather together on, on Sunday, maybe when you gather with, with small groups, when you, when you gather as a family, if everyone comes with this posture of being a cultivator. I'm not coming to consume, coming to contribute, coming to build up, coming to bless, coming to encouragement, so that when we, when we come together, it is that, like a bomb of encouragement that just strengthens and blesses and everyone contributes and grows together. Um, and this isn't, again, if you're in ministry or if it's your job or even if it's your church. Um, my sister-in-law, Heidi, was um, sort of between churches, not, not a part of a church for a while, but would go and visit churches and, and she visited a church. So she's a guest at a church. Uh, so could really rightly have the posture of a consumer, right? Like she's the guest. She's a, she could be served. But she noticed that there was just somebody sitting outside um, by themselves at this church that she's a visitor at. 
and she thought they looked upset. So she went and spoke to this man that no one else was talking to. People were just walking past him. She went and sat down with him uh, and ended up him being in a really, really tough situation. And, and she just listened to him and blessed him, encouraged him, prayed for him, effectively like pastored him. <laughs> and she's a visitor at the church. Uh, but she was going there with this posture of, I'm a follower of Jesus. I can cultivate. I have gifts. I can serve this person's in need. I'm going to take responsibility. And, and that's not even her church. So, so what if we at our church, if everyone comes with that, that posture of having something to give, looking out for, for others, not just sort of saying that it's up to those um, who's, who, who have a role, of, a certain particular role. So um, this sort of shift in posture is to, is to shift from being a casual consumer of community to being a committed cultivator of community, from just sort of being laid back and, and relaxed and sort of just thinking this is not that important to, to really recognising the need to, to commit. And that doesn't mean like you have to commit to a group of people for life. It just means to while you're there, be committed. And if, if God calls you to go somewhere else, be committed. But, but just don't sort of disconnect. And as well to be a, a cultivator using gifts, encouraging others as well. So that, that's some postures, but then in terms of like what that could actually look like in, in your life, um, that's the reason why you have these little handouts um, today, which just have a, a little bit more information, but the important part is that there are some questions um, to consider. So, so I encourage you to, um, this week, sometimes just reflect on these questions, particularly at the start of the year. Um, uh, it's a good opportunity to think about what this could look like. To think, actually, in 2023, you need other people to follow Jesus with. And yes, church is good, but really, we need other people who meet in smaller, more deeper, connected ways. Because sometimes, on a Sunday, it's, it's awesome, but sometimes our connections can't, we don't have time to go as deep as we need. But, but there can be other times when we can go deeper. And some of the questions help you encourage, like, what does it look like to contribute this year and cultivate community at church or with friends or in other places that you can actually bring something, even, um, yeah, to, to, to hear on, on, on Sundays, you can actually be involved in, in building, or, or the youth guys can actually be involved in building a, a, a youth group and a community. You, if you're leading a small group, you can invest in building, but if you're just attending a small group, you can as well. Or maybe God's calling you to start something new too. So I just encourage you to have a, have a look at that um, and just to think about this practice this next month. But what we're going to do to finish today is um, actually take communion um, together because uh, communion, right, is about our communion with God, but it's also about our communion with each other. Um, and sometimes we can approach communion very individualistically, right? That it's just between us and God, but it's actually something to practice together. It's actually to be an encouragement to us in the, in the body. And, and yes, we, we look and we recognize Jesus' body in the, in, the, um, in the bread, but we're actually invited to recognize this is Jesus' body around us, that Jesus actually is dwelling in each of us. His body is present here in his people. And what we're invited to do when we take communion is to look to Jesus, who is the one who ran his race, who ran an incredibly difficult race in the face of much difficulty and opposition. Um, I was running last night, but everyone who I saw was encouraging me to keep going. Imagine when you're running a race and everyone's telling you to stop. Imagine when everyone, even your closest friends, are telling you, stop this. Which is what Jesus faced. He kept going, even through suffering, even through death says in the last bit of that Hebrews passage, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We actually can find encouragement, which seems strange, right? But by looking at Jesus' suffering and what he faced and what he endured and what he overcame and actually recognize that we're following him. We're actually going to suffer. It's going to hurt. It's going to be a cross. But we're actually to be encouraged by the fact that he's gone before and to pick it up and to keep going so that we're not weary and we don't lose heart. He loves us and has made a way for us, as we've sung about already, and he has made a way for us to be in community. And his heart is that we are a community that love each other, that reflect his love, that, that shine his light into the world, that go out this week and, and, and show goodness and truth and, and beauty and kindness to people that we, we see. And we have an opportunity to simply just be grateful that we have other believers. Uh, even if there's problems, even if there's issues, just to say, thank you, God, we're not alone. We're together. You've placed us in a family. So what we're actually going to do today is a little bit different. Um, uh, as sort of an actual practicing this, uh, is to, we're actually going to take communion together in little groups. Um, so in, in, a, in a moment, what I encourage you to do is just to, to find a few people around you, um, maybe two, three people or, or so. It doesn't, doesn't matter too much. But we're actually just going to take this, like, like, like someone would lead it from the front normally, we're just going to take it together in a little group. So this is what I encourage you to do, is to just, just turn around, find, find some people in a, in a moment, try and include someone if you see they're alone, um, and have one person just read a passage about communion. It could be one of those passages out there, it could be something else, it could be just one verse, just, just a short reading. Just someone say, hey, I'll read the verse, just read it really, really short. Have one person say a short prayer just of, of thanksgiving, um, in, in the group, just, just nice and quick. And then take the bread and the cup together, recognizing Jesus' presence with us and in, in us. And then um, just take a short moment just to encourage each other in the, in the group. It can be personal encouragement, but it doesn't even need to be personal encouragement. I just mean say them, look at them in the face and just say, God is with you. Say, Jesus loves you. Hey, you, we recognize Jesus has forgiven you. Just a short encouragement because it might actually touch them deeply. It might be what they need today. So I'll give you a moment to do that. It's a few minutes, and then I'll, and I'll come back up here, and then, then we're going to finish with another, another song. So yeah, if you just follow those instructions, and um, we'll share together.
Awesome. That's so great to be able to share together. And um, yeah, hope you're feeling encouraged and, and blessed. And um, yeah, if you're, if you're still having some connections, like I just encourage you to keep that community going after afterwards. We've got morning tea soon and just, yeah, take your time to, to meet people and to, to bless them and in, encourage them. Um, we, we're going to sing to finish, but we're also going to have um, just prayer available um, if, you, if you'd like to come and have some prayer. Um, yeah, Greg and Janelle available to pray. I think Joel Joel's around as well um, over here. So maybe if you just if you just kind of come to the front, or you could even kind of come and sit maybe in the front chairs over here uh, after the service if you'd like prayer. Because there's just a few people that I was thinking who might need prayer today, especially after that message. Particularly like like I said before, um, uh, sometimes your experiences, people's experience of community can be very negative, and and even in church and. That can be very jarring if, if the community that you are supposed to come to to get encouragement, you actually meet, are met with discouragement or, or, or difficulty and opposition and, 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 or frustration. And maybe that has been some people's experience of, of church or Christian community. And maybe um, this is just an opportunity to have some healing for that and to be open again to that. And, and if you'd like, uh, or maybe God's sort of touching you in that, to, to come and have someone pray pray for that because um, it can be quite vulnerable to open up to others again if, if you have been hurt um, as well maybe there's some people here who have actually kind of stopped running the race um, you were running but it got hard it got tough and you just have set up camp on the race course and you've kind of lost sight of the finish line of, of following Jesus and if that's you and this is challenging you to get going again maybe maybe this is an opportunity just to get some prayer to, to just strengthen you to, to start again it can be hard to start start again Maybe someone else is here um, and you actually feel like God is inspiring you or leading you to start some kind of community. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's just gathering a few other people. Maybe it's a whole ministry. Like uh, Maybe it's starting an initiative at your work or your family. If, if you're just like someone to pray for you and bless that, uh, I encourage you to come, come forward. And also, just if you have, have actually never started running with Jesus, you've never decided to embrace on this race and, and, and follow him and uh, I just encourage you to make that decision to, to trust him and, and to come forward and have someone bless you in that and pray for you in that or to tell someone about that as well. So let me just pray and then, um, yeah, maybe if you could stand with me and, and we'll sing. But, yeah, if, if, if I said any of those things and it kind of did just sort of, oh, maybe that's me, I just encourage you to come for prayer or if you'd like prayer for anything else you can come to. So let's stand together. We thank you so much, Father, for this faith community. Um, maybe sometimes we can take it for granted or... Um, maybe we can yeah, find it difficult, but we just give you, give you thanks that, that you place us with brothers and sisters and give us grace to be grateful and thankful and, and be encouraged and built up and do that for others. And-